Welcome into the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm Eric Yeager, joined as I am every Friday night, Saturday morning by my esteemed colleague, Ben Brown. Ben, last week was an interesting week in FCS. We were talking on the show, um, you know, we were talking about uh, South Dakota State as sort of a foregone conclusion. Uh, they ended up having to come back just to cover the two and a half. Uh, and that was basically the last good break we got all weekend. Um, line movement was the opposite of undefeated all week. And the last game, obviously, uh, when you had New Mexico State, a Division One A team, uh, going from a pick 'em when we recorded this podcast all the way out to minus five and a half, and then getting the doors blown off of them by Tarleton State, that sort of showed uh, where you know the sharp money or the money that moves the markets was not necessarily uh, the, the 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 right side of most of those games. Ben, how you doing? Yeah, I mean, I think you touched on a really good point, right? I mean, I think everybody and their brother or sister was on New Mexico State last week to kind of, you know, cap off the first FCS slate. And that, you know, turned into a nightmare, which basically was reflective of, you know, what we saw as far as line went for all FCS games on Friday and Saturday last week. So, I don't know, I felt pretty good after Friday with South Dakota State pulling off the upset going over um, in Northern Iowa. I felt good about the game. And then, uh, yeah, Saturday didn't necessarily break right for me. Uh, Mercer didn't cover against Wolford. I think we were kind of on opposite sides of that. So the only other real spot that um, I thought was kind of worthwhile was Tennessee Tech basically upsetting Austin P. I do think that was probably the most noteworthy game. But anyway, we're on to week two. We have a lot more uh, data on some of these teams, and we have a lot more teams in action as well, which I'm really excited for. So I don't know. I think there's definitely some betting opportunities. Uh, what are you kind of liking on your first initial look here, Eric? Yeah, and one of the ones that we were on, we were on James Madison. Uh, we had, you know, a little bit of under, and then we were able to come back on the over, uh, or I believe it was over first, and then under that one moved like four points. Um, and, and obviously there was an opportunity there. That one finished under because James Madison didn't give up any points. You come into this week, they're minus 37 and a half early on. Um, now they're out to 38 and a half. Then you also have Wofford, two and a half, crossing the key number of three to three and a half. So you're already seeing... Um, some line movements here, but my favorite bet um, is this is this Youngstown State over 39 here. We got it at 38, um, but that's just an egregiously low number for an NFL game. That's an egregiously low number for a college football game. Um, you know, there there could be you know obviously Ohio. We've had some some weather here over the past you know few weeks, but I really just think that that number is is just a product. Uh, of the way that these two teams play, but it, it does just doesn't take that much. In Northern Iowa, we talked about them last Friday night. Uh, they're seven point favorites in this game. They think it's going to play out the way they want to. Uh, and, you know, that Northern Iowa team was able to get over uh, in, in that game. So that that's my favorite bet, I think, of the week. And that one's right away on Saturday, uh, you know, uh, in this slate. Yeah, definitely. I do agree with you on that. I think we were basically on Northern Iowa over South Dakota State. Uh, I think it was like 41 and a half. I do think it's going to play out kind of similarly. Northern Iowa is actually really efficient with the ball. So was South Dakota State. I think uh, one reason why we didn't kind of fly over that total, was there were a couple deep uh, turnovers basically in the other team's zone. So I think as long as that doesn't happen, 38 and a half is just such an egregiously low yeah. number. So I'm definitely on board with you on that for Northern Iowa and Youngstown State. We've, we've had, you know, pretty good quarterback play from both teams. I do think Joe Cray, Craycraft um, from Youngstown State 
had a decent passing grade. I think he was at 65.0, so just a little bit, just a little bit below average. We really only had uh, 11 dropbacks last week, so um, I'm looking for both of those teams to probably be just a little bit more efficient offensively. But I think if I was leaning towards um, a play on the spread, I'd probably lean towards Youngstown State even at uh, six and a half. Maybe we get out to seven. The juice is kind of kind of an interesting setup on this one. I think it's heavily shaded towards Northern Iowa, so maybe we finally get that late movement out to seven. If it does happen, I do think that you. Youngstown State is definitely the, uh, the viable play. Two, I got to talk about. I know they're a little later in uh, the weekend, but I kind of like both Tennessee State and Tennessee Tech. Uh, 13 and a half, 14 and a half point underdogs. Austin P obviously didn't show out too much last week. Um, I do think they're probably a little bit overrated, so they are a team that I'm definitely targeting against. So Tennessee State at plus 14 and a half there. I think crossing that key number 14 it's definitely a viable play and then tennessee tech as well on the road against jacksonville state 13 and a half i do think we could see this move up to 14 if it does um tennessee tech's definitely the viable play i do think we're probably going to see another cover opportunity for them after winning outright i do think that they're probably just a little bit underrated uh from the betting market at this point in time yeah that, that, those are good ones a couple that i like um north dakota north dakota sorry against south dakota state South Dakota State is out to minus nine. It was seven earlier in the week. Take North Dakota there. I know that their game um, against uh, the Salukis of Southern Illinois was was rife with turnovers, but there was also just, you know, they, they played better. Um, and, and, you know, South Dakota State, I think a lot of people, you know, they were, you know, in the top, you know, as far as betting odds to win the whole thing. They were in the top five or six going into last Friday's game. I think people are trying to get their money back here, seeing a bounce back. Um, buy back that a little bit at, at plus nine. And also, I want to get hurt by Tarleton State again. Um, one and one betting against them. Dixie State plus 27 and a half going to Tarleton. Um, total on the game, 59 and a half. I, I'm going to take the underdog there, 27 and a half. I'd like to get a 28, um, but obviously I'm not getting it. And the last one, this is one again, I believe, you know, last week we bet Furman totals as well. Uh, in their game against Virginia Military Institute, you're going to see the largest total, I think, of the weekend at 63 and a half. Uh, go under that. You know, the, the, these games, you know, it's a sweat to get over, uh, even right. even totals in the 50s, um, especially early on while we're still trying to figure things out about these teams. Go under some of these big totals here. Um, by the way, Ben was talking about, you know, PFF grades for some of these quarterbacks. If you get yourself a PFF college uh, subscription you do get access to fcs grades for the spring they come out a little bit later um than you know normal you know fbs grades would or nfl grades would but by the by the time you get to this time every week you should have game level grades you should have team level grades and, and obviously every player uh of every play you know every play of every player of every game uh and, and that's available to you so Another fun week of FCS, as Ben said, like next, you know, by next week, we'll, we'll have had a game being played by most teams. We'll have some data to work with. We'll even talk, I think, a little bit about expected points because um, they won't be so biased uh, by opponents. Ben, last thing I want to talk about in this short podcast, I want to talk about some of these uh, some of these odds in the uh, draft props market. You and I uh, had a, made a couple positions here early on. Zach Wilson was going off at minus 167 to be the second overall pick. Um, I quickly saw that that number moved to minus 200 in DraftKings, minus 180 on FanDuel. Uh, so I grabbed the minus 167. Any concern there that Wilson is, you know, that, that price is too steep for Wilson? I mean, I don't necessarily think it's too steep at this point, but my my 
concern basically at this point is just the fact that I've probably been on Justin Fields uh, more so than the general market has been on that number two overall pick. I do think that he's probably the more talented quarterback, probably going to have um, a better NFL career than Zach Wilson. So that's the only concern that I really have. But I think if you're finding some of these mispriced opportunities, I do think my, minus 200 isn't really a viable bet for me for Zach Wilson at number two overall pick. But I think if you're seeing that closer to minus 165, you know, minus 170, kind of getting before some of these um, other market books kind of have it at. But I do think that's definitely uh, probably the correct stance just based on where other markets are kind of moving at this point in time. So I don't know. We had seen, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence at number one overall, minus 6,000 on FanDuel. He was actually um, maybe even almost an option on DraftKings at minus 2,000, basically less than a week ago. He's out to minus 5,000 as well. So I do think there's probably some people definitely taking advantage of, you know, some free money opportunity with Trevor Lawrence probably being, um, you know, a lock to be that number one overall pick. But um, these markets are only going to continue to develop a little bit. I am kind of intrigued. We do have some like first quarterback drafted. Obviously that one's pretty obvious. First offensive line drafted. That one's quite obvious, but I do think we get kind of some interesting markets in first wide receiver drafted and first running back drafted. Is there anybody that you kind of like from either of those two subsets, Eric? On DraftKings, Jamar Chase obviously leading the way at the first wide receiver position, minus 155. I do think that's kind of correct. Um, if I was going to take a flyer, I probably would skip out of Devontae Smith and probably move towards a guy like Jalen Waddle at that point. Is that something that you would potentially be interested in at plus 700, Eric? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, speak, that has Henry Ruggs written all over it, right, where you're looking right. at a guy who you know, it, you know, is spitting distance away from that top spot. And, you know, even though I do think Jamar Chase is probably the best prospect of those three players, um, there, there's a universe where somebody feels that Waddle is uh, and takes them. Whereas when I look at Pene Sewell, I, I do think that like 10 to, you know, one to 10 is probably, uh, you know, a, a fair price here and, and would take it, um, you know, just because again, uh, Sewell has been anointed that you know that position for basically the entire time, uh, and I think should garner it. So that that's kind of where I where I sit in this in this process. I like you know I I don't think that there's a case to be made for any other lineman going before before Sewell, but I do think right. for example there's a case to be made for somebody like Najee Harris at plus I believe 120 125 to be taken at first running back Javante Williams even. Uh, as well, um, you know, this is not the time to bet Travis Etienne to be the, the first running back. We know that the first running back is is you know, especially when you know you don't think a guy is going to go in the top ten. First running back, you know, picks are, are pretty random and and pretty variable. Uh, so, you know, you know, st- either stay away or go for a long shot there if you're going to go into the running back market. Um, you're right though. I mean, last week. We were seeing Lawrence at at you know one to twenty or you know, minus two minus two thousand, and then on, on DraftKings and FanDuel, Zach Wilson was thirty to one, um, which would have you know obviously been a, a really good you know scalp opportunity for people uh, had they wanted it, had the limits been high enough, obviously. Um, but now that's no longer available. These markets tend to become more efficient, even though they're lower uh, limited. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. You know, these they're just coming out now. They're just being bettable now. Um, we're sort of keeping track of them and how they move. Uh, that's going to be part of this process every single week, including uh, getting you up to date on the FCS markets as well. We're seeing right now a barn burner between Southern and Alabama State. Uh, we just had a long touchdown Ooh. to a tight end on a wheel route, so that game is tied at 21. Um, Alabama State plus 7.5 going into the game. Um, really bad interception touchdown on the first play of the game, but they've sort of caught control. But Southern just scored a touchdown here 
Um, this is fun time, Ben. I, I'm, I'm excited to sort of continue doing this for the next few weeks uh, and, and see where this leads us. Yep, definitely. I mean, there are obviously going to be some good opportunities in the FCS market, but like you kind of touched on, I do think the draft market as well, as that develops, as we get some of these, uh, you know, round or like specific totals for individual players as far as where they're going to be drafted. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for those that are kind of um, seeking those markets out as quickly as they're posted. I do think there's going to be, um, you know, some decent betting value uh, given out here. So um, I don't know. We'll see. I think there's a lot of opportunities coming up here for the PFF Daily Betting Podcast, but I'm excited uh, to get a little bit more data for these FCS teams. We can start building out, um, you know, some worthwhile predictive models, kind of see where we evaluate uh, some of these teams at based on or compared to kind of where that market is. And I do think we're going to find um, some opportunities here once we get a little bit more data. And so I'm excited for that as well. Yeah, very much so. So for Ben Brown, this is Eric Eager. This has been the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. <laughs>